0: and hello everyone welcome to another episode of the weekly scoop i'm really excited to share with you mark holman he optimizes men's hormones for a living and he's a really cool guy to uh, connect with and just talk about how to increase your masculinity and we also talk a little bit about toxic gym culture and just you know how masculinity and where it's going um in a polarizing rate so Before we get into that, a first word from our sponsors, Liquid IV. I'm a huge fan of Liquid IV as a guy that really cares about hydration and what I put in my body. Uh, Liquid IV sugar-free hydration multiplier is one of the best in the business, and I truly believe that. I mean, let's be honest, we need all the advantages we can get whenever we're trying to get ahead in business, in our physical health, and just in life in general. Liquid IV is always there for you. Um, so my link in the bio is going to be promo code scoop. That is S C O O P and you'll get 20% off your order from directly liquid IV. I'll put the link in the show notes. And that being said, let's get after it y'all. So thanks for the interview. Really good stuff. So like we'll get into your men's, you know, hormone optimization. I'll ask you some questions around that because honestly, I'm pretty curious with some stuff too. I've been biohacking for the past, I think, probably six to eight months. And I've really like had so many health benefits and I really want to pick your brain on a few things. Um, But like first and foremost, when you got into fitness, was there anything that like inspired that like from your experience like in Baton Rouge or in college or like was it was it purely just like you want to feel better? Or were you like into athletics or you know kind of what was the motivation behind it?
1: Yeah. So there was a lot. So I've always been in athletics. I've always been I've always played soccer. Um so that was a big piece. I wanted to be better on the field. I wanted to be fitter. I wanted to be stronger. I want to just be better at, at soccer. But there's also a deeper layer as well. Like I wanted to feel confident. I wanted to feel like really good about myself. And I thought the road to that was a six pack. And so that was like my story. I tell all my clients, like, in the beginning, all I wanted was a six pack, I thought it would fix all my problem problems. But then I got it. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) I still feel like shit. Like, I'm still not as confident as I want to be. I still there's still work to do. And that's what kind of opened my eyes to the more holistic, the more spiritual aspects. Cause going into this, like I was fairly like non-spiritual at all, almost like atheist to a point. And then it's interesting that I hooked up with Jay Griff because he was like, at that point really starting to experience like his spiritual awakening. And kind of from that I experienced my own and you know, now it's completely different. So, and then in terms of how my goals have kind of changed, Well, I'll go back to, I got the six pack and then I knew like things were, that wasn't what I wanted. So then I kind of went on this personal development uh, path, this spiritual path of like purpose. Like what do I want to do? So I got the six pack and I was like, oh, there's something more that I need in my life. And that's like to do something that I want to do, to have a purpose. Because at that point I didn't, I was just going to work, clocking in. Even there would be days where I even didn't have any real work to do. So I was just literally sitting at my desk because I was a consultant. And if the office was like low on work, or the higher ups weren't bringing in work to trickle down to me, I didn't have anything to do. So there'd be days where I'm just sitting on Reddit, I got into politics, because I didn't have anything else to do. I started like reading, reading Reddit threads about like Bernie Sanders and shit like this, because I just didn't have anything to do. So that was an interesting time so that's that was a spark as well to get me moving elsewhere and to like find a purpose and this was that purpose of like this i know i'm fairly decent fairly apt 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 to understand this stuff and to teach other people so let's explore that let's go down that path and yeah so fast forwarding all the way to today My fitness goals are completely different like that. uh, Fitness was, fitness and health were like my main, main top priority. And health Mm -hmm. will always be there, be near the top because I believe that. I say this all the time, like optimal health is the foundation to a happy, successful, fulfilling life. If you don't have your health, you know, you're missing out on a lot of potential. So health will never drop for me. But maybe, Mm -hmm. we'll never drop out of the top three. Right now, it's probably not at the top. Building the business is at the top. And so I recently had a switch maybe like eight months ago. Where what I was doing, I was, my priority was build a business, but my actions were still fitness, still health as the number one priority. I would wake up, go to the gym, do like hour long morning routine, go to the gym, sauna, cold plunge, all the things. And I was like, oh yeah, right. this is moving me forward. But in reality it wasn't because I was just doing like health and fitness things, but I wasn't right. moving the business forward at all. So I was pouring into myself so much and then starting to work around like 1 p.m and then i was i was wondering why i wasn't getting where i wanted to be because i just wasn't doing enough um and i talked about this on another podcast like that was i was very in the feminine energy of like i'll manifest it if i just keep working and i keep believing in myself but in reality like i've been doing that for so long and i hadn't gotten where i wanted to be and it wasn't a, a shift where i started pouring into the priority that I wanted to move forward started doing more, which is very like in the masculine. And ever since then, things have been moving much, much quicker. I'm getting more clients. I'm better better at what I do. Business is growing. So the alignment between my actions and my priority is there. And that's creating the success that I'm experiencing right now. Rather before, my priority was still the same, like build a business. The priority in my head was to build a business, but my actions weren't aligning with that so there's been a shift especially recently high priority on building business i still train i still like play soccer i still work out that's never going to go away that's just part of my mental health that's just what makes me feel like me but in terms of like shifting things around that's kind of where i'm at now
0: okay no that that makes a lot of sense um going going back to what you talked about with You know, you poured so much into fitness and like physical health that you were neglecting your financial health and like your, you know, your business in general, which I think I've struggled with that, honestly, uh, the past few months, because like I've wanted to like do all like the physical things in terms of like red light, sauna, cold plunge, workout, like all this stuff every day. And yeah, and then I'll, I'm still working like a regular job. And, and, you know, it's like, obviously that sacrifice will come eventually. But so like with that being said, when you talked about like you weren't getting to work till like 1 p.m. on your business and you were wondering why, you know, you weren't scaling or growing the way you wanted to. What sacrifices did you make necessarily to, you know, obviously put more into your business? Were you still able to cold plunge in sauna like uh every day and and workout or were you kind of like um maybe cutting out different chunks like on different days
1: yeah so i've cut that out pretty significantly like training in general too i'll probably get into the gym maybe two to three times a week compared to like five or six previously and for me that's fine like i don't i'm pretty solid where i'm at i'm not like actively pursuing any extreme like health or fitness goal, so like that's maintenance for me I can get away with that and two to three sessions a week plus playing soccer all the time maybe like three times a week that's good for me but yeah the sacrifices in terms of like the biohacks and stuff like that I don't cold plunge as much I did shift gyms as well that was a shift in priority like this gym that I was going to was hella expensive and I've pulled that back the gym I go to still does have a sauna and cold plunge but I'm just not using it as much Because, yeah, there's been that shift. Like, there are benefits. There are amazing benefits. But for me, at this point in my life, there's more benefit in diving deep into into my business rather than two minutes in a cold plunge or 30 minutes in a sauna. Like, I'll get get back there. It's just these shifting of priorities. And at this point right now where I'm at, we're like full business mode. And so some of those things are being sacrificed but they're not going completely away so that they're still in there when I want to get it, when I want to get in there. And I do, I do get in there. It's just like moving. It's like a sliding scale. Some things at earlier, they were maybe at 60% now they're at 20. And it's, it's just that finding that balance essentially between your actions and your priorities.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I find myself not... I was doing cold showers uh, and a little bit of cold plunging, you know, when I was at my old, you know, duplex, and then I moved into this house, and it's it's been a different adaption for me. And, yeah, like, training four days a week is my max in the gym, and then, like, I'll do cardio, you know, those other three days, and, you know, also do some yoga here and there. But, yeah, I've definitely made some sacrifices physically, but I'm still maintaining my strength. Like I'm not losing anything. And I love how you talked about maintenance. Like you can get away two to three, you know, times a week. And then you're also playing soccer too, which um, you and you really love soccer from what, you know, I've experienced talking with you and those things. So Mm -hmm. um, like you're doing something fun, which I think fitness should also be able to like have an enjoyment to it as well. Uh, And I think sports are great, especially if you're a former athlete. I played football in college. So, you know, getting to getting to football may not be for me, obviously, like I'm not going to be playing grown man like flag Mm -hmm. football leagues or whatever the whatever the hell it is. But like, uh, you know, I really enjoy like playing sand volleyball or, you know, kind of pick up basketball, like whatever it is, like it's fun to like be active and also like have that competition or, you know, kind of have that, that drive and, and nostalgia to it. So that's, that's really dope. I'm glad that you're being able to, to progress yourself and also be graceful with yourself and how you're not. I, I think another point that I want to make too, is like how you don't necessarily care about the look anymore. You just care about the function because like how you look can be totally different from how you function. Cause you talked about the six pack, like, yeah. You can have a six pack, but you can't carry shit because like, Mm -hmm. you you know, you got this, it was funny in high school. Like I, there were kids that would be like the skinny pack or the fat pack. Like if you were, if you were a skinny boy with a six pack, you had the skinny pack. So like they basically were saying you can't lift shit. But then like, if you got the fat pack, you had the abs, but you were strong as shit. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the fat pack category. Uh, So uh, I think, you know, you made a good point there and what, like, with your clients, how important is the, like, what, how do you walk through those goals? Like with your client and how do you help? Cause I mean, do you work mostly with men or do you work with women too? Yeah.
1: Exclusively men
0: right now. Exclusively men. Cool. So when you're starting out with men, I guess first, first question is, what are you seeing in patterns with men nowadays? And then two, how are you optimizing just with the mindset? Like how are you getting their goals first started off? And obviously those can change over time, but how are you first getting them launched?
1: Okay. So what am I, I'll go to the first question. What am I seeing just like in terms of trends? Um, Yeah,
0: masculinity, men, like, because the real epidemic is lowered testosterone levels. Yeah, and that's why i wanted to have you on because when i look at your content i really love what you're talking about so what are you seeing with masculinity what are you seeing with men's testosterone like from like even like a a statistical level to like what are you just even seeing personally from like an emotional state or just like visually speaking
1: yeah so i'll speak on the testosterone piece right now and and because what I do, a large portion of what I do is blood analysis. So it's not just looking at the hormones, it's looking at the whole picture. And so what I consistently see is guys with testosterone that are, that's fairly low. Like just looked at um, a 21 year old, it was in the 400s, which is like way lower than it should be at that. That's like kind of peak age where it should be close to a thousand if all things are optimal, which it definitely can get there. But, and that's like optimal, optimal. So it's like almost 50% lower. That is a big thing. Um, and from that, the symptoms of that are kind of just a more like depressed state, a more more anxious, more self-conscious, lacking self-confidence, um, this kind of sedated energy where they're just kind of trudging through life, not really moving forward, not really achieving goals. Um, that's kind of the, the downstream effect of that. Now with the guys that I work with, like they might have a low testosterone, but they're still, they still know they want more. And so that's why they're kind of signing up with me. Um, And then also just like looking at blood work, hormones can kind of be the downstream. So the end, like the result. And a lot of the upstream things are the fairly unsexy things that people want to look at, like gut health. So there's a lot of gut health issues that are going to create downstream a lowered testosterone. Um, One of the biggest things I see with a lot of people is low stomach acid. And so if you think you need to absorb and assimilate all your nutrients to have them work effectively in your body. And so if you're not absorbing protein, you're not absorbing the nutrients, you're starting to be deficient in certain micronutrients that are required to have optimal testosterone levels. You know, you see the connection there. So it's really about looking upstream, taking a top-down approach Kind of physically too like brain um, chewing gut health and then getting into the hormones that that i think is one of the biggest things so many uh people coming to me with with gut health issues that are upstream and creating the lowered testosterone environment Um, in addition to a bunch of other things but like in terms of the main things that i'm seeing like that's kind of the path low stomach acid gut health issues that are breeding the lower testosterone
0: Gotcha. With the uh, the gut health stuff and the and the low acid levels, what I guess from your research and those things, what is contributing to men having those types of issues? I only ask just because, like, I mean, I feel like with men, usually men are eating, uh, like because I don't know. Not to say women don't eat. I'm just saying, like, you know, whenever you see the jokes on on TikTok, you always see like the guys talking about like their girlfriends eating like two almonds and mm-hmm. like drinking yeah. coffee and you no know, water. And like they wonder why there's their tummy hurts and, you know, shit like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's funny because like, you know, psychologically speaking, I'm just like programmed maybe to know like, OK, what what is producing low acid levels? Is is it men that drink too much coffee? Are they putting too much acid in their stomach? Is it alcohol? Like, you know, can you can you kind of elaborate on that? On yeah. Why?
1: Yeah. So there's a bunch of different potential causes. And so I'll start with the more, well, we'll, stop, we'll start from the top. So your nervous system. So it, there's a reason why it's called rest and digest. If you're familiar with fight or flight and rest and digest, if you're in fight, yeah, or, yeah. fight or flight, your, your senses and like the blood is flowing to extremities away from the digestive organs. So you're like ready to run, ready to fight or do whatever. So you're not in the optimal state to absorb food, to digest food. So that's the biggest thing I see is a lot of people stressed out, stuck in that sympathetic dominance where they're not able to, re- their body's just not in this state where it can produce the right things to probably digest and assimilate their nutrients. When people do get into that rest and digest phase or that state, then their body shuttles resources to the digestive organs, upregulates stomach acid, upregulates saliva, you know, all these things that help digest, digest food. And then, potentially going like further down, it's kind of a catch 22. Cause if you have low stomach acid, you're, you're, uh, you're more prone to getting pathogens in because one of the key things that stomach acid does is it sterilizes food. It kills pathogens because it's acidic, but it's not, if it's not acidic enough, they get through and then they can wreak havoc. Things like H. pylori is a big one that actually directly affects stomach acid. So if you have H. pylori, it binds onto the parietal cells, which create stomach acid. So it's going to lower stomach acid, which can then create other issues coming through. So it's like all of these things are interconnected. Parasites can get in there. SIBO can get in there. And all these things can create a more, you know, a less optimal environment uh, to create stomach acid. And then in terms of nutrients, if you don't get enough zinc, if you don't get enough B12, which a certain uh, sect of the health and wellness uh, <laughs> piece, I'll just say I'm vegans, they don't get zinc, they don't get B12. So all the time, not all the time, 99% of the time, if I look at blood work, I can guess, oh, this person's probably vegan, or this person's probably vegetarian, because they they show low zinc, they show low B12, they show all the low stomach acid symptoms. And usually when I ask that question, they're like, yeah, or like, I know. So that's one thing that, that I noticed, like a lack of zinc, a lack of B12 in your diet is going to create that environment of lowered stomach acid because you're not getting the right nutrients. And then if you think about it too, stomach acid, one of the main things it's for is to digest protein. So if you're not eating meat, if you're not eating high protein, uh, like animal products, you're not going to have the need for that stomach acid. So like in that, in that aspect as well, your body doesn't need it as much so it's going to downregulate it and then when you start to maybe reincorporate it it could potentially lead to issues so yeah not to bash on vegans or anything there is a time and place for it but for the <laughs> most part if we're talking optimal health uh it's not, it's not gonna be it
0: i'm gonna make this abundantly clear we do not hate vegans <laughs> i do not hate vegans um we are just proving the science. We are just showing (laughs) some statistical evidence from Mark on, uh, where complications can arise and that's, that's it. So we are unfiltered on this show, Mark, so no worries. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we love all walks of life, but we will also talk about the consequences of said choices, but, (laughs) uh, kind of getting, kind of getting back on track here. So, with, with masculinity as a whole and you optimizing – like you're talking about a 21-year-old having 50% less testosterone. Like that can be demoralizing. Like that would be demoralizing for me. Like if mm-hmm. – like my testosterone from when I've gotten tested is pretty like normal like levels-ish, you know. Uh, but like to have a 21-year-old, you said peak – you know, supposed to be peak performance, less testosterone than just like even like older generation males. Yeah. Like,
1: the, the statistic is a 22 year old today has the same testosterone levels as a 67 year old in 2000.
0: That's, that's insane. Um, so with that optimization, you know, you talked about like stomach acids and those sorts of things. Are there any, I guess, cause you talk about zinc, and uh, like getting those kind of nutrients and vitamins and and those sorts of things, do you, like so you look at the blood work. Do you have any supplementations that you know you would just recommend on it? I guess and maybe not recommend because I don't want to put you in any of those positions to like be advising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are there any supplements that you take on a daily basis that are pretty easy to access, even if you don't have like a great income in a sense to to have a healthy lifestyle
1: yeah there's tons you can do and i don't think i can give you like one specific one but i can give some scenarios because everyone's different this it's supplementation is very specific to what they need so like if someone was so i could simply sit here and be like yeah zinc is great for testosterone everyone should take it but if you're not deficient in zinc it's not going to do anything the only the only people that that helps usually are the people that are deficient in zinc So like that one is a little bit iffy. Zinc will help people for the most part, um, but I wouldn't blindly recommend it or blindly supplement it. With that said, there are some really good things. And like, I take the holistic approach. So would have to go way upstream, look at gut health. Like if there is stomach acid issues, support stomach acid. That has a downstream effect. Make sure your gut health's on point. But if we're looking like, you know, we we go through all of that and then we end up, okay, we're at testosterone. It's low. What can we do here? We've done all of that. So there's a few things and it kind of depends on what's going on in the hormone panel. So you can look at your total testosterone, your free testosterone, SHBG, which is sex hormone binding globulin. You can look at prolactin, you can look at estrogen. Those are kind of the main ones. And so the approach is different based on what's high or what's low. So let's just go, um, a recent one, and this is one that I really like, and I talk about this a lot, is boron. So if someone's free testosterone is low, and their SHBG might be high or normal, and their estrogen is low. Boron is going to be really good for that because what it does is it increases free from lowering SHBG, and then after taking a little, like maybe for like two or three weeks, it also increases estrogen. Which so if your estrogen is low, which guys we do need estrogen, if it's low, we're going to want to upregulate at that as well. If it's low, you know you can suffer with similar similar things of like you know low mood, poor libido, stuff like that. So estrogen is important too. So in that case, boron would be great. Not saying, and so you have to know that that's your case to take boron. If your estrogen is already high and you take boron, it's, gonna just, it's just gonna make it worse because like high estrogen isn't good as well. And that can cause issues, um, create more feminization um, of men. So that's that one. Um, another really good one that I like is Tonkat Ali. Huberman talks about this before. Um, I'm a fan. I'm taking that now personally. Um, just I like to test the things as well. And this one I've noticed a pretty good pretty good upregulation in like libido, in drive and motivation. So this is like increasing free testosterone. Okay. From and the mechanism of Tonkaid is kind of like a stress mediated. So if like your right. high, high stress environment, taking that Tonkaid is going to lower the stress So instead of hormones going to cortisol, your cortisol is lowered because it's helping with the stress and so it goes into testosterone. So that's like a a possible pathway there. Let's see, Um, another one, grape seed extract. This is gonna be good for kind of the guys that are carrying a little bit more fat. It'll inhibit aromatase, which if you're carrying so aromatase is what transfer transforms testosterone into estrogen. And if you have a lot more fat on your body, you're going to have a lot more aromatase. So grapeseed extract would be good there to downregulate aromatase to Damn. increase a little bit more testosterone. Now you're still going to have to lose weight, but it will help you in the meantime. Um, Don't be a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Cause yeah, I mean there, there's high correlations between obesity and lower testosterone. Like it's fairly, fairly clear because you have more adipose tissue, which increases aromatase, which makes more estrogen in the body. Um, right. So those are, those are three I can keep going if you want. Or,
0: uh, one, I just, I just want to ask you one nuanced question. Do you mm -hmm. cycle Tangar Ali or I guess, do you cycle anything that you're taking, uh, in terms of, so I guess I asked you that because ashwagandha, you know, huberman talks about even like you can have too much of something like yeah. that is a possibility and i remember i was listening to huberman i think it was on joe rogan he was talking about ashwagandha and how like if you take it too for too long or too much you will like have like this uh body adaptation to it or like your body will get used to it so then like your cortisol will like go crazy because like your body's so used to uh that like supplement it relies on the supplement to always mm-hmm cortisol low. so like when you get off of it it's just like boom your shit like goes crazy yeah. um so like when i take ashwagandha i actually cycle it i go one month i did go like well i guess two months on one month off usually because it's like 60 capsules and i take one every night um so that's so like do you cycle these types of products like tongkat ali and you know stuff like that
1: yeah so it depends on which one and like for tongkat ali possibly i'm kind of yeah i'm just like taking the bottle and then i'll probably oh, is this your first run? yeah first run on tonk at
0: right
1: but in terms of clients like tonk would be one that i wouldn't worry as much about you can cycle it just to be careful like in terms of toxicity they're like minor connections um mm-hmm. so that one would be like a if you want possibly boron though like If you don't have low estrogen and you're taking boron, you're going to want to cycle that because you don't want it to upregulate your estrogen too much. And then in terms of, I'm I'm glad you brought up ashwagandha because a lot of times, well, a lot of people don't know this. And I learned this from Lucas, Lucas Oun. He's out in Australia. He talks about ashwagandha a lot and how if you take it for too long, it kind of creates this dulled emotion sense. Like you get to a state Uh, where you just don't feel emotions as, as deeply or just kind of at all. And it just creates Mm -hmm. this numbing effect. So, and that's a big one too. Like people are taking it for stress benefits for testosterone. Like there's not like some people take it for testosterone. It's decent for men's health and fertility. Right. Um, But they take it for, for long periods of time. And then they get to this point where it's just like, Oh, I don't, they just don't feel anything. And that's like part of the dangers of Ashwagandha. So I think if you're cycling it, that can kind of mitigate that, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, experience so right. good on you there and yeah in terms of in terms of it kind of depends on the the supplement like what you're taking um, she legit she legit
0: i, I would take be, that
1: yeah i've i've taken that before as well i like it
0: i love it i think it's i love it i don't I think there's like much issue i don't cycle. not she legit yeah i don't i don't cycle she legit just because i haven't seen just the studies that i've you know read and the people i've listened to they never really talk about cycling being yeah. necessary um that's one thing i started taking partly from <laughs> the luc talking about it so much mm-hmm. i feel like fucking superman in that shit cuz yeah. <laughs> like cause I, because yeah it's just i love that shit man like i feel like superman in the weight room and um yeah I love talking about this type of thing because, you know, as as we delve into our physical health, being a man, like your physical well being and like being able to be a leader in the world, I think coexists or correlates. That's my opinion because obviously you'll see some wealthy billionaires that are fat and out of shape uh, mm-hmm. and definitely don't care about like their optimized hormones. But to me, like. When I was like 160 pounds, like 155 pounds, I was never sick. I had great energy and I didn't really rely on caffeine. You know, I was able to to balance out sleep. I was able to balance out working like all these things. So like having optimized health has made me a better person in business and even like a better partner as well. Um, so I guess like, you know, what's your take on how like your optimized well being physically can generate, you know, you being really good at your craft in business, or, you know, even like as a partner, like you and your partner, like that, like all those, all those pieces are pivotal. And when you have a healthy physical body, it really transcends and trickles into those types of facets of life. And I just kind of wanted your take on that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big proponent of that. Like I said before, like, I think health is the it's foundational foundation to a happy, successful, fulfilling life. Um, Yeah, like you can, I remember hearing this and thinking about this a while ago when I first started getting into fitness is like the two scenarios, you walk into a room and you're like fairly fit, you have muscle on you, you're in good shape versus you walk in and maybe you're overweight, you're kind of just not dialed in as much. That guy who's a little bit more in shape subconsciously has more respect from everyone else because they know that he care, like he takes care of himself, and that he can, he has the capability to do something hard, because getting into shape, especially these days, isn't the easiest thing. It's fairly simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. So yeah, just like right out the gate, in terms of respect from other people, subconsciously you're already at a higher higher notch, and then just in terms of capability, like if you're overweight, if you're sluggish. You're not going to have the best energy to perform the whatever tasks that you're doing. So like your capacity is just way lower. I think that, yeah, we think, we, we think about like buckets to pour from. If your health isn't on point, you're kind of pouring from an empty bucket into all these other realms of your, of your life, like relationships, career, um, fitness, health, you know, all the, I'm missing a bunch, but all the other aspects of life, your health is what allows you to pour into them, in my opinion. So if your health isn't as good as it can be or is severely lacking, your relationships are going to suffer. Your career is going to suffer. Your fitness is going to suffer. Everything else is going to suffer because your your health is not where it needs to be because that's the the foundation,
0: right? Absolutely. Um no, I'm with you on that. I, I really appreciate that answer because I think, you know, taking back your physical health is something I neglected for uh, a couple years after college. Um, not that I was, like, fat and nobody ever told me I was fat, but I definitely didn't have the confidence that I do now because of my body shape. You know, I definitely wasn't as um, athletically built Like I was in college as a football player. So like, you know, getting back to that, though, really brought my love for fitness and then my love for just like my physical well-being, because like I said, like I didn't rely on caffeine like I didn't rely on a pick me up to to keep me going. Like I always had energy. I was always uh, my joints were super healthy, like my joints didn't hurt Um, my I never got sick like I really did Mm not um and like i just had so many positive things that came from physical well-being and it really goes into your mental because like you don't have like a bunch of like substances dragging you down chemically speaking in your brain because of like being sluggish or being out of shape or yeah the self-confidence issues it really goes you know hand in hand um so i guess like getting to, you know, you you guess you as a coach talking to you as a coach right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are some easy fixes you could do starting today to optimize your health?
1: Yeah, good one. So a lot of times, you know, we can talk about these fringe things, we can talk about supplements like boron and ashwagandha and stuff. But What really makes the biggest difference, what moves the biggest rocks and gives you the most ROI are the things that are essentially free. So we can look at sunlight, getting sunlight first thing in the morning. So many good benefits. Um, I do that every morning personally. I'll wake up and one of the first things I'm doing is going outside. I have dogs, so it kind of makes it easier. Let them out. I go out with them and I watch the sun where wherever it is why don't look at look at it directly but i'm out there i'm getting sunlight into my eyes on my skin you know i'm shirtless uh, so i'm absorbing all of that light onto as much as my body as possible and then in addition to that i'm barefoot bare feet in the grass it's called earthing grounding whatever you want to call it that is also extremely beneficial in terms of just overall health of reducing inflammation things like that so like that's kind of my morning routine now like I used to do all these journaling meditation breath work all this stuff now it's mostly just I go outside get some sunlight ground do a little bit of movement to get things going and then I'll go and then I'll go into my day um, so those are two big things sunlight and and grounding and then kind of the simple things like if you're not if you find yourself which I think a lot of people do these days in a sedentary lifestyle if you're just constantly sitting all day change that. Or um, if you have to, break it up. So like, you know, okay, you work at a desk, you work in a cubicle, that's fine. Go on five minute breaks where you walk around the office or take the stairs down outside and go walk outside. That's a bonus. You get fresh air, you get more sunlight. Um, In terms of eye health too, if you're constantly staring at a screen, that's going to damage your eyes. You need to Look off into the horizon to balance it out, Um, because like if you think evolutionarily speaking, we we weren't always looking at a screen directly at a screen. We were looking close. We were looking far. We were looking close. we were oscillating between those two. So that's kind of a random tangent, but it's these free things. It's these simple things. If you're not moving, start moving. If you aren't lifting, start lifting heavy weights. Um, That's one of I think everyone should be doing that at least. Yeah, with heavy <laughs> shit. Yes. Yeah, dude, there's nothing better than like throwing some plates on whatever, a deadlift or whatever, and just ripping it off the floor and just feeling like, hell yeah, I just did that. Like, in terms of.
0: Hell yeah, yeah brother.
1: Nah, like, that's, <laughs> that's the shit right there. So I think that, and that's like all fairly low cost, fairly low barrier to entry. And it's simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't need to, if you're starting out, it doesn't need to be that crazy doesn't mean to be that complex but just start you know getting your feet wet doing these things that you know are going to benefit you and then from that foundation you can start to optimize you can start to look into blood work you can start to do all these things
0: mm-hmm. right yeah and and I guess to beautifully stated 100% agree getting sunlight uh every morning is a constant for me uh grounding is a constant for me <clears throat> um journaling is a constant for me uh so to, to to add as well so those free resources obviously great and then like habit choices I just kind of wanted your take on this just because I think it's it, I, th- I feel like there's always a good way to balance everything do you have thoughts on consuming caffeine and consuming alcohol consuming cannabis what are your thoughts on those? Because I, I feel like right now there's just kind of polarizing points, which I get because like obviously alcohol is bad. Obviously caffeine can raise your cortisol. Um, obviously like consuming too much cannabis can affect your health, but are there situations where it's okay to consume those things as well? Like, yeah. Gotcha. your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So I'll start with caffeine. Um, and with anything like it's it, there's a a zone that is good. There's a overconsumption. There's an underconsumption. There's like a a fine uh, a middle ground essentially. So with caffeine, like I went long time. I used to pound it um, kind of every day, three, four, five times to the to the Holy coffee room. Shit. Yeah, it's yeah, because yeah. it's because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> And I was depressed. And I (laughs) just wanted like something to do. So I went and drank some coffee. Um, So I went from that and then having terrible sleep to realizing that I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So it's not normal to sit in bed for an hour and then fall asleep. I didn't know that Mm. until I stopped (laughs) drinking coffee and then I'd fall asleep immediately, which was awesome. So in that sense, that's a lot way too much when it starts to impact your sleep. And that's different for everyone. So for me now, I've just recently got back into it because I've been working at coffee shops and I am like feel way more productive and just out of yeah. the office and just creativity comes to me that way. Yeah. So I'm kind of back into caffeine. Now I only have like one serving of it. Of course. And it's early because I know I'm sensitive. If I have it like even like noon, I might have effects from it that night where I'm not able to fall asleep as quickly as I want because I'm very right. sensitive and it probably takes my body a little bit longer to get rid of it. So in that sense, like for me individually, I have to be careful because it can affect me down the line if I overconsume it or if I consume it too late. So that would be my one thing with caffeine, mm-hmm. understanding how is it affecting your sleep. And even if you do drink coffee at night and you still fall asleep, it's possibly that it's still affecting your sleep because you are in a more stressed state. Your deep sleep's not going to be as good as your REM's not going to be as good even though you might fall asleep and feel fine i'd try not having it that way and see the difference in how you feel maybe get an aura ring and track and see how much more Mm -hmm. deep and REM you get so that's caffeine in terms of cannabis i was never a big fan of cannabis so i can't really i don't really want to speak on it because i'm biased it never really did much for me i was never a fan in terms of i guess just in general it does kind of make people some people like, the typical thing is, like, it slows you down and it makes you, like, lazy and, like, tired. Which, for some people, that that does. And if that's the effect that it has, and if you're trying to, like, build a business or do do something, those are in direct conflict with each other. Now, I know some people where it kind of energizes them and it loosens them, bu- them up and kind of grooves, uh, greases the, the grooves so they can operate in their day better. Maybe in the short term, that's, that's fine. But, like, I'd ask the question, like, why do you need that to be this certain type of way? Like, you should be I don't want to say should but there is a possibility that that's maybe a crutch.
0: It's it's leafy courage is what I yeah. call it. Yeah. And I work with that on on my I guess you know students clients that I have in my collective group. I'm like do you have leave do you have liquid courage or leafy courage? If you mm-hmm. do, we need to we need to work on that because yeah, if you need those substances which I used to need, now I don't, which is one of the most freeing feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need substances to actually like loosen up and like be able to go do something, not even just productive, but go do something in front of like people, you got to look at that because yeah, that's, that's not the mindset you want. You should be able just to do it no matter what state of mind, you know, you're in. So yeah. really great. Really like that. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's just, it's
1: just like a mask. It's a, it's afraid of being fully seen for who you are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's a red flag in my opinion, if you need yeah. something to be yourself, Granted, like I've been through that experience and constantly working on it. Uh, but yeah, right. that's a red flag. If like you only can go out if you're drinking alcohol or if you have had a joint or whatever it is, and that used to be me too. So mm-hmm. no judgment. I understand. Yeah, no,
0: no judgment. Um, and and I know you'll get into alcohol real quick. Um, I used to have liquid courage. That was actually more of my thing. Leafy courage was not my thing. Leafy courage. Never really happened. It was more of like an escape thing, which I don't really even consume weed anymore. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think psychedelics really like helped me not want to consume weed, uh, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> Liquid Courage, that I was listening to an interview, which I can't believe I'm saying this. I was listening to a full send interview with the Nelk Boys, and they were interviewing John Summit, the house DJ that's like really popular in EDM this dude slams half a bottle of tequila before he goes on stage. And I'm like, you're a fucking animal. <laughs> like, that's yeah. insane. Even if I, like, had tolerance built up, there's no way I could perform an EDM show in front of tens of thousands of people just slamming a tequila bottle like that. So, um, yeah, my thoughts on alcohol is, um, that's an it's an interesting relationship that people really got to be careful with. So, definitely what yeah. your thoughts
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're just like very reductionist, I mean, alcohol is essentially poison. So yeah. that's like, <laughs> you know, straight off, yeah. maybe not the best thing to be consuming or over consuming, especially like yeah. I still, I still drink every now and then, like definitely not as often as when I was, I don't know, like even 25 or 24. Cause yeah. growing up in new Orleans is big part of the culture. You go Ooh, out, yeah. what you do is you just go out and you get drunk and then just, you know, have oh. fun with your friends. So that's like yeah. a big thing. Now it's like you know I don't necessarily need it as much to have fun, um, and if I do drink, it's just in way lower quantities. Um, but yeah, in terms of just overall picture, probably not the best thing to do. But in in my, everything with moderation too. So like in moderation, your body is hopefully resilient enough that it can process it well, and you're not over consuming that you're waking up hungover and you know your next few days are ruined because as you get older it's way harder to recover um, <laughs> but yeah like i haven't had a hangover in so long because i just don't like i get to a point in the night where i'm just like well i really don't need anymore i'm good and something yeah. you still catch some some like shit from some people um about like oh why you stop drinking It's just like well i you know i'm good i i feel i feel fine i don't need it anymore it's only All gonna right. make me feel worse so why would I do that just to fit right. in just so you don't, just so you feel better. Yeah. And that's where a lot of it comes from too. Just like that peer pressure is like a, it's kind of a mirror of like, Oh, you're not drinking. I am. Is something wrong with me? Like keep no. drinking to make me feel better about myself. <laughs> so right. yeah, there's, a, there's I mean, a lot of interesting like psychology in the whole like drinking scene and, and stuff. And I was deep yeah, in it I as well. So like, same, just like it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a fun one.
0: Yeah, I think that the whole nightclubbing landscape and the whole bar landscape is in a very interesting predicament right now because there's a lot of people that aren't drinking either at all or just not as much. So I see a lot of mocktails coming out of mm-hmm. these bars, which is very intriguing because like you know we're shifting from a culture that is you know heavy drinking landscape and even in the corporate world like that's such a huge thing like like i said i still work a job so we had like a a corporate you know company summit at our office and it was just you know happy hours every night Mm -hmm. dinners every night just like oof like i needed a detox (laughs) you know and it's just i mean and it's and it's the culture, you know, because I've gone sober, like no drinking, uh, no cannabis, you know. I mean, psychedelics, I, I did a couple of microdoses, so I guess it wasn't a full sobriety thing. But like I've cut alcohol out and weed out for longer periods of time, you know, months at a time. And, you know, it honestly just didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And it never like had... A long like I was I felt like I wasn't missing out even if I didn't go out to places like I would still go out to places with people um but even the nights when I didn't go out I stayed in like I had no FOMO whatsoever so it's it's very interesting the bar landscape and the nightclub landscape now because it's like oh we're gonna need to adapt because like if people don't drink and there's not options for that besides you know maybe a shitty you know diet coke or like you know just water then you know some people aren't gonna really feel enticed by that and people don't want to be around Did <laughs> so with sobriety um yeah i don't know i just uh i just feel like i can be my my own self without needing to be under the influence and that's just, I don't know. Some people struggle with that. And I, I understand why, um, but, you know, yeah. And, and, and I love how you put your point on, I still have a drink every once in a while. Like you, f- you found your balance and I think it's good to, for people just to understand yeah. that. So that's why I asked you that question about like, I feel like it's the three most like demonized things right now in just like not even like the conscious space, but just like in general. Um, and, you know, I just feel like we have to have healthy conversations mm-hmm. around all three of those types of substances.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, what I kind of talk to my clients about is I ask them to really find the intention underneath is like, you know, asking the question, like, why am i using this Mm -hmm. or if it's another drink like is this next drink really in my highest good (laughs) and then if the answer is yes then okay and if it's no then maybe you need to reevaluate that choice i always look at it through the lens of like is this adding to my experience or is it not or is it for someone else or is it just you know something entirely different (laughs) and if it's adding to my experience then fine i give myself the green light and I'm ready for it and not in the sense of like I guess that's a adding to the experience that's potentially like a you can say it always is adding to your experience but like truly truly not just like the experience of the night just like your life as a whole and looking at it through that lens I think that kind of is the north star that I use and that I kind of help my clients to to understand when they are in these situations as well
0: no absolutely um Yeah, no excellent points. One question I was wanting to ask you that I completely forgot about is what is going on with the whole fitness space, mostly men, and talk... uh, Shit, I guess women, too. Men and women, and and it's mostly the kids, too, like, under the age of, like, 22, talking about going on cycles. And I'm not... I'm not like, well, actually I am a little concerned because like you got people talking about, joking about, you know, going on trend, going on SARMs, going on, you know, TRT at like young and like shooting up at a very young age. Mm-hmm. What like, I don't know where it came about and I don't know why it came about, but it's obviously something that I feel like shouldn't even be discussed because that was something I never really even fathomed going into high school and Mm -hmm. even in college, like I knew one guy in college, he took deer antler, which I thought was weird. And he was huge. This guy was just an insane bodybuilder looking guy. Um, Yeah. What are your thoughts on like this whole like Gen Z, like trying to get into like these Mm -hmm. types of drugs and performance enhancers?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, like we didn't, we our generation was kind of just coming up. We were like the transition from like good old days where you go outside and all yeah. that stuff to the technology. Mm-hmm. This generation has been much more into technology, into social media. So in my opinion, they're exposed to so much more comparison. Yeah. So I think their, their self-worth is a little bit lower. <laughs> so like there's this standard of... <laughs> Yeah, the standard the standard is higher for them than it was yeah. for us. So what they have to do is a little bit more dramatic in the sense of, you know, seeing all these ripped dudes on Instagram when we we just saw the people around us. Yeah, that's true. We didn't really see the like 1 percentile of physiques. So we didn't have the comparison. So it was less of a thing for us and this is just kind of my opinion. But I think that's kind of driven people to have these unrealistic standards and so they're chasing them so they're doing dramatic things that they don't really know um much about just to like chase the physique or chase the the energy or the gains or whatever when in reality like it's gonna come back around in the long in the long run if you're like yeah if you're 21 and you're taking TRT already like you're gonna have issues down the line yeah one like it shuts down your natural production so like granted, you can do it intelligent way but a lot of people aren't the, mu- the vast majority especially if you're like fucking 19 20 taking trt i don't think you're going to do it mm-hmm. the right way and so it's it's wrecking potential fertility in the long run it's wrecking your natural production of testosterone because it's getting it externally so it doesn't need to produce it itself and the all the potential side effects of, of that down the down the road and then on top of that if you start now you could potentially be on for the rest of your life because i know several guys who they got on it. They got on some kind of testosterone, and they tried to come off several times, and they just could never come off because they just felt so shit. Even though they did the whole protocol, they did all the, the right things, they couldn't. They couldn't restimulate their natural production, so they're on it for the rest of their life. And that, if you're thinking, you know, you start at 21, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a lot of dollars as well. where you could just, you know, one, not use it, maybe things naturally live a healthy life as a as a 21 year old if you're doing all the things you're gonna have super high testosterone anyway and you should be able to build a fairly decent physique somewhat
0: quickly right yeah no it's crazy
1: yeah i think i think it's the standards i think it's the standards in social media to be Mm -hmm. honest
0: yeah and i mean it's just to me it's just so dangerous to be flirting with shit like that i mean like the the bodybuilder competitors okay it's, it's been in that for a long time. So, I mean, and, and women take Anavar like crazy in that industry. Like I've seen it firsthand. It's honestly insane how much Anavar gets consumed, uh, in the bodybuilder world by, by women, uh, which, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't particularly agree with, but you know, that's, that's just my opinion. Obviously I don't have any science backing any of that sort of claim. Uh, but I mean, when you just have regular ass kids that, I mean, maybe are bodybuilders, but aren't even trying to get into bodybuilding. They're just trying to look good on social media. Like I just, I, I, I just find it concerning, and I find it in both genders too, not just in young males. I see it in young females too, and um, yeah, it's just uh, you're right. Just that comparison mindset, and to me, like I used to compare, but I mean, now I'm just like. I don't know. It doesn't matter how I look. It's more like, what's my intelligence level at? Like, what, how do I act as a human being? Like, how do I act as a man? And I think that's a component that I feel like you teach really well. I don't even know if you see it in yourself, uh, just because I know you focus a lot on the physical components. But I think what you teach too is how to be a balanced man. And I think you're a great person to look up to if I was like a 20 year old kid. um, And I think 20 year old kids are kind of looking at um, the wrong group of people at times in terms of uh, what does it mean to be a man? Um, And we have a lot of red pill content creators that really Mm -hmm. get, get into those younger twenties type of males and kind of implant some, some seeds that I don't think are super helpful.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that whole world is interesting and I've just kind of recently understood what it actually yeah. is and like the manosphere and stuff like that. And yeah, like the rise of Andrew Tate and all that stuff, like he got popular because there wasn't anyone else there already that was like a, a good role model. Like who who, as a man that is like in pop culture before they kind of came around, who was the guy to like look up to? Right. That's like balance, that's that's strong, that's like that that uh, role model in terms of how to be a man. I think that was severely lacking.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting how he's even, I think Andrew specifically has switched his mindset or like his message because his message was like about money and success. And then like he had all the girls like in his videos and like the Lambos and Bugattis and all that shit. I feel like he's really pivoted now. To being a good man, having a wife, having kids, like having a stable foundation. And I think he, and in my personal opinion, just like conspiracy too, I think he did that shit at the beginning to try to hone in kids. And then it's mm-hmm. like, psych, here's actually who I am. You know, I have a kid, I have, I think, I. I don't know how islam works as a religion in terms of marriage but you know he's he's got multiple mm-hmm. like he's got multiple kids and multiple wives uh but like he was that kind of red pill but the red pill in terms of i think it almost was a little too toxic on trying to teach men to only value mm-hmm. money and like physique and, yep. st- and status but sometimes you need that polarizing effect to light a fire under your ass. And I think it did light a fire under my ass specifically, um, at times because like it made me want to go out there and just like be the best version of myself every single day. Um, so you're right. Yeah. I think he was in a space now. It's just like, you kind of got these like dweeby ass kids that are like, um, streamers that are trying to like hop on the trend that are like, twitch streamers Mm. or gamers or whatever and and it's just like it's just so much different uh now and i think like just the message can be a little um misguided but you know not to go too far off topic i think you as a creator are so balanced with your message um not just from a physical like here's what you need to do to optimize your hormones but here's just how to have a good mindset as a man um And I think you exemplify that on your day-to-day life too, just from what I've seen you do as like a partner and what I've seen you do as just like a, you know, a a person. So, you know, definitely, uh, keep, keep that, keep that mindset with it.
1: Yeah. Awesome, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. But I guess like before wrapping this up, you know, what's a message you want to send the listeners today, maybe that are, A little confused in their life as a man or you know they're trying to figure out their hormones or they're just trying to find themselves as a person you obviously have done that in the past 10 years it's been like a 10 year stretch what is your Mm -hmm. what's your bit of advice for anyone that's a little lost on here right now
1: yeah i mean there's a there's a lot i can say like you said it's been almost 10 years which is crazy to to think about um but it kind of comes down to, to two things for me is purpose and, and patience, so two Ps. Mm. So I was in a space and I was extremely just like not happy, depressed, all the things because I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have something that I was moving forward to. Now, a lot of times pe- people think like, oh, purpose, you need this big purpose. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do all these things. That's cool if that's like what really lights you up, but it doesn't really need to be that. It can be something as simple as, you know, be the best version of yourself. And so what are the actions that you're going to do to fulfill that purpose to then eventually, you know, get you in life where you kind of want to be? Or it can be to serve others. You know, it can be all these different things. It doesn't, I can't sit here and tell you what it is. You have to figure it out. You have to come up with it. You kind of have to create it or find it or discover it. And you're the only person that can do it. So that would be the first piece is come up with that create that and then on the back end is have that patience with yourself um that's been a big thing in my journey because literally what i wanted in six months i got in five years <laughs> so it took me a long time to get yeah dude i thought like you know starting starting as a coach i was like yeah 10k months Ooh, shit. <laughs> i just hit my headphones 10K months, we're going to have that in like six months. We're going to be good. We're going to like, you know, everything's going to be going so well. But, you know, creating a business, it's a lot harder than that. And for some people like, you know, they can, they have the skills, they have the right industry and they make that in the first month. Like that's possible too. But if you don't, don't give up. Don't give up after one month, after two months, you know, keep grinding away. If it is something that's really important to you that is serving that higher good, that overall purpose, you have to be patient with it. Because yeah, the only way you can fail essentially is if you give up. So I've just been out here consistently like mini failing, but never, it's never been a big fail because I'm still here and I'm still moving forward. I'm still doing the things that I know I need to do to get me to the place that I wanted to to be. And only now I'm starting to really ramp up and have that momentum that I wanted way back. And it's because because of a bunch of different changes that I've made mentally, physically, you know, all the things. But yeah, that would that would kind of be my my spiel for people listening is is those two things is like to come up with a purpose and then be patient and then also just be patient on the front end as well.
0: That's beautiful. Um, That's probably one of the best descriptions I think I've had on the show in terms of uh, what like last message would you give the listeners? I think that that is definitely one of the best ones I've heard. So thank you. I think you yeah, you bring a lot of great points up. And and I especially believe in that. And that's the thing I even struggle with is timing. Like I want like I started my business probably, I think, six, six or eight months ago. And I'm not where I want to be. And I'm like, fuck, (laughs) like that sucks. But I think listening to use even inspired me today because like it it's not sunshine and rainbows like at the snap of your fingers you know it's on Amazon Prime so yeah I needed yeah. that message today you know it it's gonna take me years but that's okay because you know it's all mm-hmm. about yeah learning from the failures because they're not failures they're just moments of of growth so Mark, I appreciate you, sir. This was an awesome conversation. Uh, I really am excited that a lot of, a lot of young men, uh, or even older men too, can, can really take away a lot of great points of this. So thank you for your time and thank you for your knowledge.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I loved it too. I was glad to be here.